Now, as you heard on Live 95 News last week, Limerick City rents have risen by 17.7% over the last 12 months. The average rent in the city is now 1,500 and 59 euro and 12.6% higher in the county with the average rent costing 1169 euro per month but managing director of KMPM Kirsten Mail he spoke to Live 95 news last week and said that most Limerick properties are not rented through websites but through letting agents which he says greatly distorts rental statistics and Kirsten joins me at the top of the show this morning to explain a little bit more good morning to you Kirsten Morning, Joe. So what do you mean that rental stats are distorted, Kirsten, exactly? Okay, very simply. We advertised three properties um, last July, last month. And we had 41 lettings in the same month. So three properties were advertised and it was 41 properties filled. So why is that? Uh, Firstly... That was a daft uh, report. So, you know, it wasn't indicative of, you know, it was indicative of what they're advertising and what they are compiling, mm-hmm. but with a very narrow broadband. So the rental market in Limerick is broken. Okay, so, I mean, I said to you many times previously on the show that it was going to get worse and get worse, and now it's broken. The only good point is, Joe, finally... I have people talking about building, which I hadn't heard in any of the previous times I have been on your show. And you're seeing the first crane that I kept referring to in Bishop's Key. It's up, right? There'll be a residential content in that. But there's a lot going to coming down the pipeline. It's two years away, but at least there's something. It's finally arriving. A lot of social housing we built in Limerick as well, which will alleviate the problem in the rental market. So when you're looking, for example, at the rent increases, so what are they gauging it on? The few properties that are advertised tend to be advertised that are properties that are outside the rent pressure zone, i.e. have been owner-occupied uh, and therefore, for, until the first letting, aren't covered in the rent pressure zone. And those rents, because the market is broken, are very high, crazy, bonkers, whatever way you want to put it, right? But way higher than the properties that are in the rent pressure zone. Right, And therein is the problem. Okay, so you're saying that the law allows for the first let to be set at the market rate? Correct. And as a consequence of that, we're seeing, I mean, you wouldn't dispute, we're seeing significant increases annually in rent in Limerick. Where there's new properties coming on the market outside the rent pressure zone, but not where there's properties. And the 41 properties that we let, they were all... I'd say mo- the vast majority of them were, were let within the rent pressure zone index, so they'd be substantially lower. So let me give, it, give well, you Well, before you do that, because a listener this morning who isn't as expert in this as you are, and I'd include myself here, I'm no expert on it either, would naturally come to the conclusion that a lot of what hap- is happening here is that people are ignoring rent pressure zones. The city is a rent pressure zone, but we're seeing increases by any measure that seem to significantly exceed what you would expect? I doubt it, right? Uh, I can only talk from my own experience. I doubt it. Uh, and they're very stupid. If landlords are doing that, they're very stupid. Because the RTB uh, has a new registration system that is coming, um, that is 
only came in in the last few months. And we now have an annual registration. And believe you me, they're catching everything in real time with this new system, right? So if they see a property that was rented two or three years ago, their computer is picking it up. So I had one instance where that happened, right? And their computer picked it up immediately. So that could be happening. I can't say it's happening. I know it's not happening in our office, okay? But I suspect it's not happening generally. And there are other ways, like, for example, Airbnb and and other... There's other methods of actually avoiding it. But I would say no to that. I would say... And what about the classic case that uh, people keep certainly suggesting in the media, which is that, unfortunately for a lot of those renting, they end up being kicked out of their property. They're told it's for the sale of the property, but the reality is maybe after some minor refurbishment, it ends up at a much higher rental rate uh, and is advertised again. Okay. Uh, Again, no. Because minor... I mean, to actually take your, your property out of the rent pressure zone under refurbishment, you have to increase the bar level uh, the energy rating by seven levels, right? Or you increase the square footage by 25%. So if that's an apartment, it's just not going to happen. So, like, um, it isn't a bit... Now, are there some landlords? I have no doubt there are some landlords doing that. Again, very stupid. 20,000 euro penalties lining up for those landlords to do it. And if there's someone out there where it's happened to, they should be going to the RTB because they'll go after them. Okay. Now, uh, we're talk- chatting to Kirsten Mayle of KMPM. Uh, and so you were going to give me an example there a couple of minutes ago, just as we went off on a slight tangent there. Yeah. Well, like, you, you, I have a property that I put on the market uh, last week that was um, basically not in the pressure zone um, because it was previously owner-occupied. We advertised it. Just to give you an idea where it's at, the, the, the demand. So between 7.30 and 11 o'clock, we had 159 inquiries. The rent for that property would have been, generally speaking, 50% higher than other properties in that development, other properties that we're currently achieving. The reason being is they're caught in the rent pressure zone, right? Uh, this one isn't, and that's the level of underlying demand that's out of the, out, outside there. And Kirsten, do you believe that genuinely there are people who are either accidental landlords or, you know, may have a number of properties who are selling one or two or a number of those properties, perhaps because they're caught in the rent pressure zone, not to mention the taxation? There are a number of elements going on at the moment, right? Um, Some of them that I've touched previously um, on your show, right? I think... The most fundamental um, problem with landlords, and by the way, they're bailing out. In the first six months of this year, I've lost over 60 properties, okay? And none of those are playing games. In fact, the bulk of them, they've got possession at this point, and uh, they're selling. They're all selling. Anyone anyone I gave possession to this year is selling or owner-occupied, Right, And there again, the housing crisis impacting because in one case, it was for the grandchild of the owner. You know, you're seeing this sort of stuff go on because they can't buy a new house, yes. right? Uh, or they can't buy a second-hand house. And tell me, if someone is selling under those circumstances, are they getting good money for their properties? Oh, yeah. I mean, the price, the, pro- 
the prices have increased, but the prices have increased, Joe, because there isn't enough being built. Mm. Right? It all comes back down to housing policy in this state. Right? And it's, it's a problem that started off um, um, 30 years ago, and I, I don't think you're, you want to hear it or your audience want to hear it, but, you know, it dates back to uh, the 80s when the £5,000 grant was given to surrender um, a council house and a 5000 grant to buy a new house. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of movement and basically a lot of problems have arisen. They stopped building social housing. A load of problems related to social housing um, have, have transferred into the private residential market in terms of that's where they found their home, right? And basically that hasn't been addressed for 30 years. And it just came home to roost in the last few years. It was always coming. It just came home to roost. Right. What, the one thing I'd say to you, though, this is very important, Joe. The biggest fundamental underlying factor why landlords are getting out right now is you have a person, a spokesman for Sinn Féin, regularly coming um, uh, on the media stating that he is in favour of preventing landlords from selling uh, where there are tenants um, in situ. Now, that is the single biggest underlying factor underlining landlords' confidence in the rental market. And they are bailing out. And Joe, they won't be ringing you to tell them, I'm afraid I won't be able to get vacant possession of my house. And that is the single biggest problem. Okay, let's hear a a real-life example from James, who was chatting to us on the Limerick Today show only last week. I was in Dublin up until last year, and with the cost of rent, and I suppose just the uncertainty, I actually had to leave my accommodation in Dublin at the end of last year because the landlord was um, basically taking the house back. When I went to look for a new house, I realised how difficult it was. Then I saw a job coming up closer to home, and that was my decision to move home thinking that the rent would be cheaper than Rick um, or in Ennis or anywhere around you know the area. Um, but that wasn't the case, unfortunately, because as you know, and as, I suppose everyone knows, you know, the rents are just going up and up and up as the supply becomes less and less. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I moved home, um, kind of as a short-term measure, with the intention of kind of moving out again. But, yeah, like I said, a couple of months, eight months later, um, I'm, I'm still at home, and I think I'll be at home for the, the foreseeable. Right, there's uh, an example from James and uh, Kirsten Mail of KMPM uh, Property Management is still with me. Now, I can imagine that for any politician, the suggestion of a tax break for a landlord, they know in their heart, is not going to be popular with a lot of people. So the fact that the Tawnish Dili of Radkar has been flagging that this may happen in the budget, and his caveat is that something will be done for renters as well, suggests that there is a degree of real concern now in government if they're prepared to push this out there? Um, well, to be honest with you, the tax break is only a joke anyway, right? And Why? The whole con- well, I had 100,000 of a tax break that was written off with a line by the, the government, right? Um, um, back, back in the day, eight, nine years ago, right? And and basically, if there's any of the landlords of my vintage around, they're only having a laugh, right? Because you know, this is the same. This is the same group of people who took away um, a tax on uh, a tax relief that was granted by the state. So, the what you're talking about right now that was flagged 
Okay, the, the huge problem with that is that, well, it was the one of the papers I read it in. So it comes with the caveat that you reduce your rent to get the tax break. Now, here's the problem, because it happened to me recently. So I had a rent that was at the same level for three tenancies. And when I went to increase it, right, I was only allowed to increase it from the last tenancy, even though five years ago that rent was set, right? So we left it the same for two subsequent tenancies. And when we went to set it for the fourth, I thought we could go back to the original date. And I got an opinion from the RTB, no, you're set. So if someone is on €1,000 and they reduce the rent to 800 we'll say, okay, that's in the rent pressure zone, and they're told to get a tax break, well, if the tax break disappears, and tax breaks disappear, right, in this state anyway, right, if tax break disappears, well, then the landlord is in a situation where he's on a rent pressure zone figure of 800 euros. Hmm. That's not going to... Listen, can I just say one thing, Joe? I'm doing this, as I've said to you many times, 45 years now, right? I'm in my 45th year. Landlords were the mom-and-pop landlords. They didn't buy because they were making money out of uh, property. I know it is very difficult for the listeners to understand. They didn't buy for that reason. They bought it as, okay, we'll, pay, we'll take out a mortgage, we'll, we'll pay the mortgage every month, we'll subsidise the difference between the mortgage and the rent, right? And then at some date and time, we'll either sell it to fund the kids' education or whatever. It was never about making money, right? They're not funds. They're not in there for a return, The vast bulk, and I've been dealing with these people for 45 years. They're not thinking that way. The tax situation hasn't changed any. Like, during the crash, they reduced what you could offset on the interest uh, from 100% down to 75% or something, right? That means that owners who were losing money on properties uh, in, 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 in net terms, right, were losing more money because of that introduction. So they brought that back up to 100%. But, so, even though they were losing money and now losing more money, they still were paying tax on it. So, what I'm really saying is that the tax is not the issue. This is only, uh, I suppose, what the Landlords Association has been pro- pro- uh, promoting there, give a tax break to landlords. They're comparing it with the, the funds who are allowed to set offshore companies and avail of no tax, right, which is kind of crazy from my from my standpoint but it happened right so you have all these anomalies in the market but okay here's my take on it joe we're listening to sound bites all the time from the politicians it's about building it's about building houses it's about creating an atmosphere where people are confident enough to build and people are confident enough to buy or rent right and until we overcome the supply issue right that we'll never get to this. Okay. We'll never. And one thing that's misunderstood: during the boom, there was a constant surplus of property to rent because everyone went out and bought a property to rent. Well, not everybody, Joe, but a lot of people did, right? And consequently, the rents were artificially kept down. So I had properties that I bought in 2000. We'll say 2001, I think it was, and they were still getting the same rent. Uh, the bones of 20 years later. 
Right. One other very brief point. We're coming into that time when students and their parents will be desperately looking for accommodation in Limerick as well. We're a student town, as you well know, for nine months of the year. Um, things like the, the rent-a-room, I suppose, is there. But in reality, is it going to be chaos for them? Nightmare. 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 Joe, if you came to me looking for accommodation, it's a nightmare. Right? So, you know, and, and like, I'm not exaggerating this, Okay. You know, I'll go back to what I said to you a few minutes ago. 159 applications for an apartment between 11.30 and 11... Sorry, 11.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in the one morning. And that, uh, the bulk of those won't be students. I mean, I haven't actually... Um, my colleague hasn't actually looked into it. But there's just nothing available, right? And uh, I don't deal in the student accommodation per se, and it's a very small part of my portfolio anyway because I got out of the bulk of it during COVID uh, or after COVID. Um, but but basically, uh, and a lot of other landlords did as well uh, for other reasons, right? But a lot of them, so that end of the market is really bad. That, okay. I mean, but to, it's bad anyway. I know. All right. Well, listen, very interesting to get your perspective on it uh, this morning. Certainly sounds like everyone has a lot of thinking to do, whether you're a tenant, a landlord, a student, the government or somebody as you are uh, a professional in the business. Managing Director of KMPM Property Management, Kirsten Mail. Thank you. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.